at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. Thursday night edition. Hey, Kyle, how we doing? Hey, Rowdy, ready for a really good show tonight? Uh, got a lot of stuff on our on our show tonight planned, and uh, looking forward to, to doing all of it. Yeah, it's the Thursday night dance here, and we're lucky enough, guys, to have the winner of the 55th annual Snowball Derby, Derek Thorne calling in. And uh, excited. it was an exciting week for Derek, and uh, it was an exciting week for everybody that raced, Kyle. I mean, it was, uh, the weather was perfect. Just had one little hiccup of cold weather, and it's December. You expect one day of cold weather, and the rest of the time, besides the fog, you know, and it, 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 we, we had a little rain, but it didn't run, it didn't run the weekend, so uh, it didn't affect Sunday's race. It didn't affect qualifying on Friday night, and I'm telling you, Kyle, Friday night qualifying is is some really intense, intense drivers when you walk down through there. I believe it, Rowdy. Uh, you know, a lot of cars in the pits uh, for a December race, the end of the year. 62 super late models and 57 pro late models. I mean, those are a lot of cars. And um, Derek Thorne able to secure the uh, Snowball Derby victory, uh, the 55th running of the race. So, uh, good to see Casey Roderick also pull it off. Uh, you know, he's had some time in NASCAR and ARCA at one point, uh, won the Snowflake 100 from the pole. So, uh, not, not too bad. Uh, nope. looks like there was a lot going on. Like you mentioned the fog, it sounds like a Pocono thing, but, uh, you know, um, fog happens and, you know, it rolls in just like it does at any other place. So, uh, yeah, it was, it sounds like it was an interesting weekend and, uh, now we, uh, we're almost in the holiday season here. We know we got two more shows after this. Uh, got some guests planned and have a lot coming on. Absolutely. Uh, we also, uh, Kyle, if you was at at the track and you want to go back and watch the uh, Outlaws, that's going to be Saturday at one o'clock. Bring your own drink because I don't think they said there's going to. It's a fifty lapper. Uh, if you want to go in the pits, you have to pay for the pits, but. You can sit out there. They're actually open the grandstands up for free, but just bring your armbands if you are in the pits. So that's going to be Saturday at 1 o'clock. We also, also uh, Kyle, Justin Woodall, we'll have him on also tonight. So uh, he knows how to get around dirt track pretty fast, Kyle. Yeah, he ran really good this year. I uh, had a few wins, won at Port Royal at the end of the year. I think he won Williams Grove once. Uh, ran fourth in the World Outlaws race uh, night one of the Nittany Showdown. So, um, you know, he's had a good year. Um, you know, we, we pre-taped him yesterday. Uh, you'll, you'll hear it after Derek Thorne's appearance tonight. Um, it was a good interview. Um, you know, we'll hear what he had to say. Um, now that the season's over, um, you know he's going to Volusia. Uh, you know, you'll hear that in the interview. But, um, you know, he'll, he plans to be at Volusia, uh, you know, coming up here in February. And, Rowdy, maybe you'll run into him. Um, I hope so. I hope so, Kyle. Looking forward to going back to Volusia. But uh, last year, you know, or this, actually, this still this year, but early in the year, I was there for the first round and had a tough time with the dirt. Um, but i tell you what, I... <laughs> If you're in the dirt world, everybody pretty much has heard about East Bay, Kyle. You know, East Bay is pretty well known in the dirt world. And we're yeah, on East the Bay is, and uh, so is Volusia. 
Yeah. But, you know, Blues is in pretty good shape, but East Bay can, can disappear at any time because of the situation and location of the, of the track. It's crazy. I, I, that mountain of whatever it is. Uh, Kyle, I'm just going to bring our first guest in, and uh, I'd like to welcome the winner of the 55th Annual Snowball Derby, Derek Thorne. Welcome to the show, Derek. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man, Derek, uh, it wasn't that long ago we was talking about the All-American 400. If I'd have told you that the Snowball Derby would have had 17 laps of overtime and three cautions, <laughs> what would you have said to that? <laughs> You know, racing's always unpredictable, right? Like, you kind of got to expect the unexpected. And the uh, crazy thing about the Derby is, you know, we've had really good runs the last few years prior to this year, and it seems like every year there's always something something happens that catches you off guard. So it's one of those things, man. It's one of those races. It ain't over till it's over. And that, that last uh, caution and that last restart, that was some more restart. Sammy Smith was right there with you, wasn't he? Uh Derek. Yeah, he was. He about got. He took a three wide and the one that last year started. It, it uh, it got my attention. That's for dang sure. And and one of the accomplishments of of not only winning but you broke the record of uh, leading the most laps. Right. It's been a it's been a pretty stout few years for us. We've had uh, I don't think anybody would deny the fact that that track owed us one after losing to Majeski in the last 10 laps in 2020 and then after losing with Chandler Smith's incident in 2021. And, you know, it's crazy to think, man, the Derby itself, to lead that many laps against a field that strong when you got guys, you know, that are that are cup regulars and nationwide regulars and truck series guys and you see Rudy Fugel walk around the pits and, you know, you look at the stat sheet, and we're now the all-time lap leader of the Snowball Derby, leading, I think, 950 or 60 laps, and we've led, like, 90-something percent of the laps in the last three years. And it's crazy to think how good the Camel Motorsports team is and working with Mike Keene and how just how well we've done at that track especially. I mean, we've always had good success everywhere, but um, we definitely got a good thing going right now at the Snowball Derby. Well, uh, you know, now your name goes into some of the w- great winners in, in short track, just Rich Bickle. And you have Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Augie Grill, a lot of big names. And each year you're recognized as that person. Uh, what does that mean, Derek? Yeah, it's pretty special. Now you, you, know, now you own it. it. <laughs> yeah, not only are we on the, on the actual winner, she runs in the record books too for some, some records at the, the Derby. But it's a special thing, the Derby is, and it's, uh, it's impressive. You know, I look back 10 years ago when I first went, and, you know, it was a, it was a disaster. We blew two engines, flipped, uh, barely made the show. And, you know, we've worked hard at it ever since. And uh, Mike Keene and myself have been together 10 years, and Kevin Motorsports have been doing this for 10. And we, we've made, like, seven trips to the snowball. And to think that, you know, all of our years of hard work, it's really cool to see it all pay off. Hi, Derek. You have Kyle here. Uh, first question for you is, can you please talk a little bit about how your season went? Um, you raced the Snowball Derby. You raced the All-American 400. How how did the rest of the season go? You know, this year was kind of it was uh, the final year for Camel Motorsports, and this year looked a little bit different than years past. We usually do uh, the SRL Southwest Tour full-time and try to dabble in some open shows throughout the season, but this year was kind of more focused on just traveling. Uh, I guess it's a small national tour of sorts, if you want to call it that, and we ended up being – uh, we ended up being, um, you know, we ran the All-Star Showdown at Irwindale, and we won that earlier in the year. And then we got ourselves uh, back to Slinger Nationals, went up north to the northwest, up to Washington for the summer showdown. And then we got ourselves back to All-American 400, like you said, and then the Derby. And we ran with all of them. We, we won some races. We won the April race at Pensacola, the doubleheader there. And then we won a race at All-Star Showdown this year, and we finished a podium in almost all of them. But, uh, you know, the Derby itself is obviously our – our main focus and was our biggest uh, our biggest prize to, to try to achieve, and it was cool to get that one finally. So it's been a few years since you've run either the West or the East Series. I mean, what's it been like just running the late model and not not really running the full-bodied stock car? I mean, has that has that actually helped your career now that you are running more late models? Uh, no, I mean, driving's driving. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just, this is a money-driven sport, so you got to be – you got to be associated, tied in with somebody to be able to do it. And Brincotti gave me a great opportunity in the ARCA. We ran three years of it, won two championships out of three, which I thought was phenomenal. And 
you know, at the end of the day, super late model racing is what's the most fun, without a doubt. Yeah, the, those cars are the ones that are the most fun to drive. And, you know, I don't miss ARCA racing a whole lot. Um, some of those tracks are really fun to go to, some of the bigger tracks and stuff. But super late model racing is one of one on its own as far as the way the cars handle and how fast they respond. It's kind of like driving a sports car compared to your grandma's Cadillac. So um, to be able to go and compete, that's, 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 I think it's a lot of the reason why you see some of those upper division guys. You've got Byron and, and Gragson and Barry. You know, they and, and Bush when he used to do it, but Super Late Models was just a lot of fun to drive. You know, they're just so fast and nimble and quick and respond so well to, to what you do behind a wheel. It, you know, it's an enjoyable experience, and, uh, you know, especially when you find a team as strong as ours and to be able to go back and compete um, as well as we did. But, you know, it's just a fun, fun car to drive. Do you feel like this year, like, just something was different in the air? Um, you mentioned you've led so many laps there before. Um, did you feel like just maybe this was finally your year to do it and finally win the Snowball Derby? No, I was, I was tired of hearing that, though, for sure. Everybody's saying that track Otis, Otis won a few was our year, but you really don't know. The track never owes anybody anything. You know, there's, there's a reason Pollard's been trying for 15 years and hasn't got one yet. And there's plenty of times he's, he's had good runs there where they, he should have maybe had the win there. But at the end of the day, you know, it was it was an emotional day for us, with or without the race, just the fact that it was our last race at Campbell Motorsports, and knowing I'd be suiting up the last time, driving for Byron and Carol Campbell, and, uh, you know, going into the day, we had a, a happy hour, you'd call it on Saturday, it was it was pretty good, car was all right, and, and we've had such good runs there lately that I knew we'd be good in the race, but I just didn't expect us to lead as many laps as we did, you know, kind of flag the flag, more or less, minus a couple of cautions mixed in the middle there, but, you know, it's just a special time not just because of the Derby, but just because it's like a walk-off home run. You know, it's the last race for Byron and Carroll. They've tried for many years going back to the Derby. We've had such good runs there. And to finally have it all come together, man, it was pretty special. So my last question for you is um, what's 2023 looking like? Um, you're going to run maybe a similar schedule to what you ran this year? Um, it is not going to be the same. It'll be uh, – we have to shake things up a little bit um, in the middle of moving shops and with Byron and Carroll being done. Um, it's going to have to kind of revamp Derek Thorne Racing, which is what I've been doing for a while. This is going to be doing driver coaching, consulting, setup work, um, going to the track from time to time to help guys out. But um, looking for looking for opportunities to go out there and maybe run some races for other guys, other team, uh, team owners. Um, I feel like we have a lot to offer as far as equipment and speed and, and stuff like that. But, you know, this racing industry, especially super late models, is such an expensive sport that it's, it's hard to go out and run, you know, in a tour-type environment. When you're running, you know, like the the national tours are discussing, you know, it can cost you between twenty and thirty thousand a race to go run it, especially live on the west coast when the majority of the races are on the east coast. So it's a it's a money hungry sport. We've had some really great sponsors that are still with us, but like Coverage Jack Kennels, Tool Shack, um, Fire Suppressions LLC, and to have all these guys, Rent Source, um, to have all these guys that that help us out is special. And we'll put some stuff together. It's just not sure what the races are yet. Uh-huh. Eric, I won't tell you what. If it'd been below 32, there'd been some snowballs because you made some big gator tears out of some big guys around there. Uh, <laughs> I looked over old Daryl with this. I got a picture of him. He got them sunglasses down quick. But hey, congratulations, Derek. Y'all work hard. You look good down there doing what y'all do, and we appreciate you taking time and being part of the show tonight, Derek. Looking forward to seeing you Thanks. next year. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Thank you, Derek. Thanks, Derek. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road that I realize I'm at the wrong track. Yeah, Kyle, there was a lot of happy people in in that pit area. Well, well, Rowdy, at least you weren't at the wrong track last weekend. No, I was not at the wrong track. I was was at a full track. Now, the Derby's always had a good crowd, Past couple of years, that crowd has been supersized, and they've added on. I think they've added on a little section in there. Probably, uh, I, I hate to estimate how many of them stands over, but it's as high as the other ones. 
front stretch. So. Rowdy, I think it's just been the snowball derby. I feel like it's been everywhere. And it's standing room around. only on the inside. So it, it, it's a gr- Tim. Tim puts on. They do a great, great show there. And Kyle, that whole group. I mean, you see them at all the Super Series races, and 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 they all work together. Track owners, Stan from Montgomery. Uh, even hey, I even seen uh, Formosa. Tony, he was at the track. He was helping some young driver, uh, Kyle, 15-year-old kid. Yeah, Rowdy, I don't think it's just been Pensacola. I feel like it's been everywhere this year. I mean, Port Royal had a huge crowd for the Tuscarora 50, uh, again, for the second or third straight year in a row. Uh, Just everywhere. Grandview was packed for the 410 sprint car race on PA Speed Week, um, two and a half hours before the – the races are already jammed. I mean, it's been not just five flags, but everywhere that I've been. I feel like the, the crowds have gone up and, and more people are starting to come out. I mean, look at Mahoney Valley Speedway last year. I mean, that place was packed. I've never seen that place that packed before um, when they when they uh, had the first race back uh, in 2020. So, um, you know, I'm glad racing's been back. Uh, hopefully, you know, we can get back out there and hopefully get Dino on, too. Um, I know uh, you'll probably see him at Daytona here in a few months, because I know how much, uh, you know, he, he enjoys seeing the ARCA race with you. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I know that's a big day, you know, in Daytona. Uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series doubleheader with the ARCA Menard Series at Daytona. Um, their testing's coming up in January, so I've uh, got some things to look forward to, uh, the indoor races as well. So, uh, a lot going on, Rowdy, um, you know. Um, and just to lead into the next thing, um, you know, yesterday or Wednesday we taped Justin Whittall, um, spring car driver out of New Jersey. Um, did really well this year, Rowdy. Um, you know, we've had him on before. Um, you know, just a lot going on. So, uh, yeah, and Justin Whittall, you know, we had him on yesterday, you know, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central. Taped him, and then we're going we're gonna to play here uh, shortly. Yeah, uh, no, good guess. Uh, got a bright future in racing. I think he likes the dirt. I think he's a dirt guy. Just as well as, as Derek is a short track. He, he's a short track racer. I mean, it's, it's, it's like he said, you know, uh, Bubba's tried for 15 years. And it's always some little something. All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome you his way. to... Uh, well, it will be the Thursday night edition of the Rowdy Maglite Show, and we're lucky enough to have driver Justin Woodall. Welcome back to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Justin. Thank you for having me back. So, Justin, uh, somewhere last year you made the decision to try to, to race in two series, the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series and then the uh, All-Star Circuit of Champions. Was that a pretty big, bold statement in the uh, – an achievement to try to do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty big statement for us to see if we can uh, just even hang in, in there with those guys and see if we can uh, maybe hold our own and see what we can do. I think we definitely shown what we can do. Towards the end of this year, we started to figure some things out. But uh, next year is a new year, and we'll see what we can do. Just you ended it with a big win at Port Royal. Eighty seasons at Port Royal, and you you get you get a win there. That what did it feel like to uh, go into victory lane at Port Royal? Uh, it felt like a huge monkey came off my back. I've been waiting for that one for a while. So you started all this out at Lincoln Speedway in uh, what late February, uh, finished in the top ten. Not a bad way, a good start, and not a way to finish the season with with the win at Port Royal. Yeah, this past season, it definitely had some highs and definitely had some lows. It was a grind. grind. We definitely were rebuilding cars and um, putting cars together and disassembling them from, like, crashes, me not thinking and just destroying our car and just, it was a long, rough season, but it was definitely worth it. Had some great runs. Justin, I watched some of your your dirt racing, and 
man. You do some sawing on that wheel. It takes a lot to keep that thing on the track, don't it? I think I do some good driving. I, I definitely have some dumbass moments, but, like, what the hell is I thinking? But it, it all works out in the end, I guess. Well, that and you know, that comes seat time. Kind of helps on that, too, uh, Justin, you know, how your car reacts and, and what to do. What's the when you see that you're actually going to lose control, possibly flip, what's the first thing that you do sitting in the cockpit? If if I feel like I'm going to flip, I brace for impact. But uh, if I'm if I'm spinning out, I look for other drivers and see if I need to give a gas and to get out of their way, or just lock up on the brakes, or hope, pray, and hope I don't get hit. Justin, you race on some pretty good dirt tracks: Williams Grove, Bath. Seagulls Grove, Lincoln. Uh, is there one track there special out of all the tracks that you race at that you enjoy racing? Uh, my list would be my I, my list. I, I think is Port Royal, Lincoln, Williams Grove. No, let me recorrect that. Port Royal, Lincoln, Seagulls Grove. Uh, Williams Grove and then Bath. Hey Justin, you got Kyle here. Uh, first question for you is, uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, World of Outlaws swing in mid-March, Port Royal, March 10th and 11th, Williams Grove, March 17th, uh, Lincoln, March 18th. You know, you have the icebreaker like a few weeks before that. I mean, what, what was your thoughts on, on hearing about that? I can't wait for it. Uh, I'm gonna go on vacation and go to Volusia see that what that's like down there not racing but just go watch and hang out so i should get an idea and get me amped up for the beginning of the season but i can't wait for an early race um like an early season race with the outlaws because the tracks are going to be completely different from what what they are when we see them later in the season So you mentioned the, uh, you know, you won at Port Royal, you won a few other races. Uh, Volusia you mentioned. Um, I mean, have you ever thought about wanting to race there? And, you know, when you do go down there, what do you, what do you, what are you expecting to learn and maybe take out of it? When I go down there, I'm down there to relax. I want to see some racing, maybe learn some things, maybe hang out with some people if they allow me to hang out. I doubt it, though, but we'll see. Uh, so talk a little bit about your, your racing season in general in 2022. Um, you had the big win at Port Royal there late in the year. You ran good in the Outlaws race in the Nittany Showdown. Um, you know, what was it like racing the Outlaws, you know, running as good as you did? You know, the posse taking – I mean, I know I know, I asked you last time if you consider yourself posse, but, you know, you being a, a regular on the PA in New Jersey circuits, I mean, what, what's it like racing up against the world of Outlaws? Uh, the level of – the level of competition – harder I and mean, it definitely pushes me to do better and I feel like I should be doing that every race but I feel like when the outlaws get into town I put pressure on myself and I feel like I make mistakes or I feel like I make mistakes and I probably do and it just costs me sometimes but it has to pay out in the end and I gotta learn so my next question for you is uh I mean, where, 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 where would you like to see yourself? Um, you know, you're running dirt right now. Um, you, you, you've had success. Uh, I mean, I mean, have you thought about maybe going stock car racing at some point in your life, or I mean, or do you want to stay on the dirt? I mean, what are what are you looking at right now? And you know, I know, I know that you know you're younger, and that that definitely helps as well. Oh, uh, wherever wherever I end up is where I end up. I mean, I did run um, asphalt focused midgets for a while, and I definitely thought we were going to be staying with the out um uh, the asphalt uh focus midget for a while maybe get into like a a late model and run down there for a while in North Carolina and stuff but we ended up getting a 600 and going to dirt and running sprint cars so my last question for you is um just talk a little bit about how your experience has been on dirt um you had a you had a big season this year um you know, I mean, what are, you, what are you looking forward to in 2023? I know we already mentioned the World Outlaws swing in mid-March. I mean, what else are you looking forward to next year? Uh, I'm looking forward to the icebreaker. Definitely the uh, uh, Wiker, Bob Waker, the 50 again, and all the World of Outlaws shows. Brandon, uh, 
Justin, let's talk about Brandon and Kyle and guys back at the shop that helps you get to these tracks and fixes you. Fixes some of your mistakes. Uh, Brandon, Brandon and all my crew guys are a big help. They stay in, they stay out in PA, but during the off season they try to come down as much as they can. But down at home, it's just me, my dad, and my uncle Mike that mainly work on the cars with Brandon's supervision with a bunch of phone calls and text messages. Did you find that the, that the smartphone? Helps is really a, a big help trying to put stuff together when you got somebody located in another state and city. Uh, I mean, with all the things that you got to use and technology that I didn't have in the day. I mean, you can FaceTime and actually show them what's going going on. I can't FaceTime Brandon. He doesn't have uh iPhone, but. I sent him a bunch of pictures, and I'm sure he gets mad about it, but we got to – guides me in the right direction and tells me what to do. I'm sure I don't do it to what he, his standards are, but I, I do it to the best I can, and then he kind of – when he gets here or when we get to the track, he fixes my mistakes, and we uh, we go racing and have some fun, and hopefully he doesn't try to kill me by the end of the night. Uh, Justin, I went to uh, Volusia for the first time this year at the first of the season, and they never got that dirt right the whole two weeks. It was, and the rain kind of killed them. It, it, it was pretty tough. Yeah, Let's talk about it. Weird. Yeah, they are. They are. Actually, I don't know if you've ever heard of East Bay over on the other side yeah, of Tampa. Yeah, East Bay. Oh, listen, I, the night I was there, uh, Justin, they had 73 light, super late models showed up. Damn. They had a big, it was it was one of the biggest super late model group I'd ever been around. It, it, but the, the guys that usually dominate could not get a grip. Tim McCray, that nobody could get a grip of that track, should have got a grip on it. It was a crazy night. Uh, let's talk about your sponsors, Justin. As you go around the, uh, different tracks, uh, Midland Transportation, uh, Enterprise Rental Car, Pioneer Auto Body, JG Cronenberger, Red Point Wealth Partners, my mom and dad, and my grandparents. They help help as well, and then anybody like gives us deals. And my crew guys, I, I I don't give them enough credit by where I should. I don't thank them enough. I feel like I should do that. Well, just it takes, it takes everybody working together to make all this happen. We appreciate you being part of the show, and thank goodness we had a little better uh, reception this time than we did last time. But thanks. Looking forward to having you on next year. Hopefully, I'll see you down in Volusia in 2023. Yeah, hopefully, I'll, I'll be down there. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks. Me. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. What's the life been like for the past week and a half, two weeks? Light. Um, had a, about a week in North Carolina finishing up from the season and then took off to Florida and been back at the farm, unplugged, um, staying out in the woods. You did do some racing, or you went out for your brother's racing. How was that, supporting him and doing that stuff? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a super late model, which neither of us have ever actually raced. And um, Baja Dave, a, a guy we met, um, offered Chad the race, and we were in way over our heads. So uh, we broke through in Friday night in practice, had to rebuild one, a quick change. We've never done that. We built one out of parts we had from our old race cars that Chad and I raced years ago, sledgehammers and torches and, yeah, a lot of uh, busted knuckles because we didn't know what we were doing. So covered in grease, but had fun. Um, didn't do good at all, uh, frustrated with that, but just fun for my dad and Chad and me just to get to do that. Uh, it's been a while. Make, make you glad that you're not a crew member and you're a driver? I don't. I didn't mind the work. I just wish I knew what I was doing. I'm just honest. I did not know what I was doing, and we we rebuilt the rear end, and we did not get the axles spaced right. Uh, rear end was not pointed in the right direction in the car at all. 
so he goes out of the track. He's like, man, this thing feels weird, um, and not in a good way. So, uh, yeah, we <laughs> we need to stick to what we know. Um, I, I enjoy the work, though. Um, it, it's it's fun. It's fun to just get there and thrash. And, uh, I just had never seen the car until the weekend, and um, trying to find just the right size wrench and socket is a challenge because you just don't know what each bolt is. It was good. Yeah, um, it was. It, you know, we were thrashing on the car a lot, so people would come by and I could see them stay back, and I appreciated that. Um, but once we got ready for the race um, and everything, I I spotted for them, and so I was over on the grandstand side up in the, you know, they had a spotter section, and people were coming up like as the racers are going on, I'm spotting, and I'm like, no, no, you got like you got to wait, like <laughs> pulling the headset off one ear to, like try to politely say like not not right now like we're side by side down into turn three here <laughs> like i need i need to focus i'm not a spotter and um but once once chad wasn't on the track i just stayed around the front stretch and signed autographs for the whole time what um, back at home, just generally speaking, even? yeah um home so people that i know are just great season let's go to lunch um it's just normal so uh yeah it's just no, not nothing too crazy. I mean, yeah, they they want to talk a little bit about Martinsville and talk a little bit about the win at Coda and Dalladega, but um, it's pretty normal. It's the most normal of anywhere I go, for sure. Anybody from outside of uh, motor racing, other major sports, reach out to you or have new friends, new fans? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot on online, a lot on social media. Um, you know, I, I glanced through all that stuff and um, need to probably spend some more time looking back at what was posted and what people said, uh, because when it happened, I wasn't I wasn't scrolling Twitter the week of Phoenix much. Um, maybe could have had a little more balance of of unplugging, but was just in full prep mode for for Phoenix. So uh, saw some of it, have some screenshots people sent to me, uh, but I probably need to go look. Yeah, and I try to say no to all that because I'm not an athlete. So, um, yeah, well, uh, watch me throw a baseball, and you might you might take that back. It's been about a month since then. I mean, are you still shocked with with how many people are still talking about the move from Martinsville? Um, I'm not surprised. I I woke up Monday morning after Martinsville and realized that's probably something I'm gonna talk about for the rest of my life, and and I just accepted that in my mind and. Um, you know, to the, the the greatest thing was that it was the step to get to Phoenix, and it gave us the opportunity to fight for a championship. And what that meant for our team is huge, and it's almost unmeasurable in my mind. Um, but like we we were we were and we are willing to do anything, and um, so that goes from me in the car to our mechanics building the cars to our sales team and and our hype team and everybody at at Trackhouse. It's uh, it it was just a single moment in time that I can point to and say, look at what we're willing to do. And that's for any current employee or new employee maybe coming in to um, fans and friends and family that, that might question why we do this. I can now point to that and just give them a quick turn three and four at Martinsville. And uh, that, that that's what we're willing to do, and that's why we do it. I see the wins. That's, I mean, winning at Coda, winning at Talladega, places that I went to as a fan at Talladega and watched. Um, asked Justin Marks how to turn right on road courses just a couple of years ago and have went to school on how to do it and have done driving schools and rented, you know, street cars to go drive on these tracks just to try to understand the curbing and the asphalt and the runoffs and everything. And um, that's what that's what I'm just so so proud of and it made it all worth it the the fact that we we were able to do it you know it's it's one thing to put ourselves in position and have shots but to actually do it um we had a lot more shots to win than we than we did for sure and we 
should have and could have won a lot more, but um, it's just it made it all worth it. So that's I just take away the wins and and when I reminisce on the year and where it was home with some buddies, it was like just telling stories of you know practice at Coda, going into qualifying, going into the race strategy, and like a few key moments that let us win, and then telling the bad stories of other races that a few things went wrong or one thing went wrong and we didn't win. I mean, yeah, of course. Everybody's got to have their own hype team, Bob. I'm not sure they really are called that, but that's what I call them. I mean, Mike Metcalf, Sean Pete, and that's, you know, that's 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 their perks for me, I think. I mean, they 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 make the best pit crews in the sport. Our number one team was number one pit crew on pit road, but, uh, yeah, Metcalf and Pete, they're, they're like our in-house hype team. Yeah, let's call them cheerleaders, Bob. I really like that. I really like that. Yes. I've never heard anybody referred to them as hate Track houses, cheerleaders, Metcalf and Pete. I like it. <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't think it changes. Um, they, and I say that because partly because they haven't said anything different. We sat down at Community Matters in in Uptown Charlotte last year, uh, sometime maybe in January, and all of our group leaders from competition to sales to upper management to drivers, um, crew chiefs. We went and sat down for breakfast, and we laid out with um, with. Sean and 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 Curtis, uh, a friend of the of the company's, um, and we on big pieces of white paper on the wall, we wrote down a lot of our goals, uh, everybody's goals, everybody's thoughts going into the year, everybody's, you know, what what is our we we wrote our mission statement, we wrote a lot about what is Trackhouse because we didn't have it actually written down, so now we've got all that on paper and we still have it in the shop, um, we put it on the website, you know, made it look a little nicer, but. Um, we're not, I don't think we're going to rewrite that. Like we wrote what we want Trackhouse to be and what, what does Trackhouse mean on paper and online, right? And, you know, where we can see it in words. Um, and then we've lived, we live by that for the race season. And we reiterated that to everybody, all of our, all of our teammates at Trackhouse. Um, I don't think we're going, if we go back to Community Matters, it'll be just for breakfast, um, it, that was uh i think we wrote that and i don't we're not changing we're we've arrived that that wasn't just come and go it was that, that was our arrival this is our arrival and now we're now the hard part is staying and maintaining that kind of performance at this level it's going to be really hard You do, um, but we're not testing. Like we might have, I guess maybe one or something. But like this time last year, we were all over the place. Didn't it was great for me because it I love it, but it was not a lot of it wasn't testing or it wasn't an off season. This is a true off season. So I I don't know. I mean I you can take the cars apart, but you can't redesign them. You can't design a new rear clip. You can't design a new you know. But you used to you could design a different track bar tube. You could re-weld a truck arm a different way and try to make it twist more like it's we all have the same suspension we all have the same stuff the same same stuff goes to every team and so yeah we're going to figure out ways to build a better car build a better box by the bolt holes that we put things in but you cannot redesign it so we still have a lot of smart people at track house and gm but like there's not you're not manufacturing and designing the car anymore you're taking what you're given trying to understand it and then trying to go forward but it's um it's still yes we have smart people so do i think my car's going to handle better 
start of 2023 than it did at the end of 22, I'd hope so. It better. Like, we've, we've got to go faster or, or they'll pass us. That's what's so great about the sport is that it's just cyclical and it never ends. When you look at your season as, as a whole, right, the wins and the conquest, is it a movie? I mean, then the move at Martinsville, you make you make the run of the championship. It feels like a movie script to me. How, how do you look at it, the whole thing as, as a whole? I don't think they would have made this movie. <laughs> it would have been too unrealistic and no, no. I mean, the the video at Martinsville looks like a really bad animated CG, whatever, like, fake thing that they dubbed in. Like, it doesn't does not look real when I watch it. Um, I feel like they, whoever made that should have made it look more real. The car looks like it's glitching by, and um, yeah, I think it's beyond a movie. I just don't, I don't think that, I don't think that it would have even seemed real if you would have pitched that in January. You know, um, I don't think that people would have, I don't think that Hollywood would have bought in. So you couldn't have imagined a year like that. No, I mean, I know we prepared to do it, but this is the NASCAR Cup Series. It's, this car has opened up possibilities that we've never seen before in the sport and uh i'm here for it you talked about what you did last year to learn the road courses are you coming down to coda with a with a with that race coming <laughs> up in a couple of weeks that the private stuff are you still doing that or are you, are you i'll do whatever i can i never plan it very well i usually end up just calling at the last minute but um i've gotten to know the 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 guys with anthony at, at skip barber and um have had some talks with them. I want to do some more. It's it's just whether it's in their a street car or um, whatever. I just want to go. I need to drive these places, and um, I, I yeah. I, I hate to talk about it very publicly because I feel like that's that's something I'm willing to go do. And it's not a Trans Am car. It's not a you know. It's not something super fast and very applicable at all. Like it's not even close to what we drive in the Cup cars. But just for me, just driving the tracks is so foreign to turn right on the road courses that um, having a real driver coach and a company like Skip Barber coach me um, has been a big help. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love to. I've I've been trying for years. Um, I've met with uh, the president of IMSA. I've met with team owners. I've talked to drivers. I just can't find my way in yet. Um, I just, I'm not in that space. I'm not in that garage, and so no one's I haven't found the right person yet to, you know, either tell me how to do it or give me the opportunity. I mean, show up with sponsorship and I could go get a ride, but how do I how do I get in as a race car driver? Um, I haven't found that that spot yet. How do you think that Martinsville elevated your popularity and awareness? Because you know you're talking about opportunities like him to, you know, maybe Indy. I mean, you drove for Chip, so. Do you think that you're getting to a point where people will start calling you rather than you have to call them? I mean, I, I hope so. I just, again, I, even this off season, I've reached out to a few people and tried to figure out stuff for the for the Daytona 24, and it just nothing's happening. I, I'm not talking to the right people. Is is the end of the day? I mean, it's just a people thing, um, and I've just got to find the right person. Um, that I fit into their mold of maybe their their drivers that are already in place or a team that they're building, you know, and even if it's for 2024, like I'll start working on that if if there's an opportunity. But um, I haven't seen that side of it pay off to get me in more races or race cars. Um, truck and Xfinity, for sure. There's We're working through those now and building out those programs um, to be the best they can be. I, wanted, I want to race. so. Uh, but road course-wise, um, I'll do whatever I can, because I still, there's a lot to be gained and a lot to get better at. And your relationship with Phil Sturgeon, can you just talk about how that evolved throughout the year, and, you know, did he, you know, how did the confidence between the two of you build, where, you know, you really trusted him, he really trusted you, and you just kind of built this fabulous run onto the championship four? Uh, back up to the 42 car, and 2021 it's um it started there partway through the year um at the high horsepower low downforce races uh we started putting together some good efforts and and race cars that i could hustle and and compete with and um that's where it started and then the acquisition happens into track house from cgr and uh, unbeknownst to all of us um 
Justin in, in the competition group came to each of us and asked, you know, what what we thought, what would the one car look like? We, all we knew that it was the number one car and that I was driving it. They didn't know that. And uh, I said, well, I, I want my group. I got Phil and Pharaoh and Pit Crew. I started this. Let's build it. Let's keep doing it. And um, they're like, okay. And I walked out of that meeting, and I remember it. And I was scared that I might have maybe overplayed my hand or overstepped it, that maybe I should let people a lot smarter than me make that decision. But just in a casual, not even a meeting, it was just a conversation we were having in the front lobby at Trackhouse. Um, that's where Justin and Ty would come set up. And uh, I told him just off the cuff, didn't even put any thought into it. I want my group. And I guess they went to Phil sometime right around there. He said the same thing. They went to Pharaoh, went to different mechanics and engineers, and they're all, they all said the same. Th- we all said the same thing. And uh, one afterwards, they're like, "Hey, just heads up, y'all picked each other. Like, you all, un- no one knew it, but you did." And uh, that was even more, you know, fulfilling to know that like we've got each other's backs, even whenever we didn't even really know we were being quizzed and tested. Not tested, but that, there was decisions being made about, you know who to hire, who to keep, who to let go, and um, we all chose each other, and uh, that just rolled right into, you know, the hard times of missing the clash. We didn't qualify for the feature. We finished last in the Daytona 500, crashed twice at Fontana. Like, after the second race, we were 29th in points, like 11 points or something, and um, Bill never wavered. Justin had some building conversations with me, uh, but Phil was like, no, let's build another car. We only got four of them, but we'll build another one. What's uh, the, what's, what is the desire with the Rolex? What, what, is it, what is it you're trying to get at? Or, or what's yeah, just, I mean, first of all, it just starts with the, the prestige of it. Um, but I just think that, well, I, it's a bucket list thing, first of all. Uh, but now, the competition side, like, I don't need to be in the fastest uh, prototype class, I don't think. I, I'd rather be in, like, the lower... Uh, cars maybe slide. I don't. I don't know anything about them. Maybe they slide around a little bit. Maybe it's you know, um, you know, our cars do not handle good on road courses. So I just one want to do it for the prestige of it. I'm not even looking to be in the top class or to win. Um, I want to find the the mid pack Xfinity team of the Rolex, and I want to go run there um, and experience it, and then just get to be around those road racers that do it year round and for their careers and. I know I can learn something, um, even though we don't run on that course anymore. Yeah. I know that I know I can learn something to take to my my racing in the future. So um, I just want to race, and for that time of year, that's one of the only ones you can get in. Mm-mm. No, I wish. This was a profession where you're constantly learning. When you review this season, what did you learn this season that you believe will benefit you in 2023? Um, the, I, the biggest competition for me is the biggest thing is to just let these races come to me. They're long. There's several stages. There's lots of pit stops. Um, one restart here and there, and and sometimes the my aggression gets me that one good restart, and then it sets me up for the rest of the race to run good and have a shot to win. And other times. It doesn't, and we got to fix damage. So, um, balancing that a little bit more, um, paying it forward with some of these drivers, they their memories are incredible. And and in talking with them after I race them, there's there's just little moments throughout the race that if I would have just paid it forward a little bit and just cut them a little slack, or not give them a spot even, just give them a little more room and not seal them off to the wall and not push them right down to the apron, um, they would have cut me a little bit of slack later, and it would have maybe been the difference in winning some more races. So at the end of the day, I just want to win. So if I can pay it forward to then win, maybe even that same day, mm-hmm. win the race, um, it's, it's going to be better for me. So that's that's really one of the biggest things is, okay, that's easy to say, but if you just if you give everybody a little bit of room, they're going to take a lot of room, and you're going to be back in you know the high 20s, and it's not you're not going to be successful. It's so for sure, and so that's, how do I wrap my head around that? Is um, that's the hard part? Cause there's no there's no single answer, and I won't have an answer when I pull on track at the clash. But just having a better headspace about that is um, something I think that I'll be better. Thank you. 
I don't have number-based goals. I didn't this year. I I haven't for a long time. I used to, but I, I've learned to. It's not healthy for me. Um, so it's not number-based. It's just to go compete and go beat these guys. And sometimes that's fifth. Sometimes that's twelfth. Sometimes that's winning. Um, wherever that is, for me, it won't be numbers-based. And um, I'm glad that I've built that into me that it's not because you can just get so caught up if you're on a bad stretch or some failures mechanically or behind the wheel and crashes or bad finishes um, will snowball into making it's made me in the past have a couple bad races. I tell myself, man, I'm just I'm in a slump, and then I have more bad races because I believe it. And um, I don't know what what the goals will be internally at Trackhouse, but for me, um, it won't be numbers based. So just be the competition side. So when you say that, then the fact that you've led the series in the top five and top ten finishes is that just something that you look at and move on, or is that is that cool? Or is it an accomplishment of a minute all that you did Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We're taking that time right now to enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. And and um, but going into next year, it will be try to finish in the top five. If you're finishing in the top five, you will have opportunities to win races. And um, I feel like. You know, I mean, I, we all know, right? If you do that consistently, you will have more chances to win. The hardest part for us now is we've arrived. How do we stay here? And um, I think that's going to be maybe the most challenging thing that we've ever done. We thought 2022 was challenging, but maintaining th- that level of competition with these teams that have done it for a long time, you know, maybe our biggest challenge yet. But um, look what we did this year. Let's. We've, we've got every shot to do it again. Ross, what were those everything's going to be okay conversations like with Justin? What did he tell you? To just finish a race. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, we went to a, a little taco place right there by the shop and um, said, look like you're good. Two years, you've got this car for this year and next year. You don't need to prove anything. Just finish races. We can't be, we can't be 29th in points. Like that's not acceptable. Um, get some points on the board and just start finishing these races. And I think we went maybe the very next week. Or Vegas came up quickly, and we were third. Then we were second at Phoenix, and we won Coda. So um, it was pretty, uh, pretty came pretty quickly after that. But I just needed to finish some races, and that was what he hit home to me. What does that do for a driver? Does that allow you to breathe, knowing that you've got that support behind you? Um, not. Not really. I mean, I walked out of there. I heard him, but it it's like we were failing. Like we were we were failing at that point, um, and I knew it needed to change, but I didn't know how. So um, until it changed, until that first time we ran in the top five and led laps at Vegas was kind of our arrival into the top five. Um, that set the tone for the rest of the year. Um, I didn't know. I didn't breathe easier until after Vegas. How did you establish that balancing act? When all you know is go and you're aggressive and you have to temper that, um, you know, some guys race with their brains, other with their balls, and, you know, I would put you in that latter category. How much did you have to flip the switch up top to kind of put the whole package together? Early on, there was just blatant moments where I just didn't try to pass a guy. Like, I just, I just, I won't pinch him on the restart. I won't try to pass him into turn one and just stay right here and push him and pay it forward a bit and there was just I would just make that decision and if in five laps or three laps or one lap I was still faster then I would pass him but I would show the show the physical movement of my car that I'm not trying to pass you um, and I did that really good for like a few weeks and it went off the rails again so Uh, well, Dale Jr. wanted to go to North Wilkesboro, so we're going to North Wilkesboro. <laughs> um, you know, I think that there's a more uniform desire to go back to the fairgrounds. Um, I've never raced at either one of them or even stepped foot on either one of the properties, so not sure what they're like, um, you know, in real life. Um, but we'll, we're going to figure it out at some point, I think. Racing. We're here in uh, 
side, the team owner Justin Marks' hometown basically here in Nashville. So uh, with that partnership with Coach Steve, what's it been like for you guys here in Nashville during this time? It's been a party. We've been at Tootsie's every night and, um, yeah, just uh, getting to, to celebrate the year, right, just take a breath. Um, you know, got some of our upper management here, crew chiefs, um, and obviously Daniel and I, and uh, got my family here. Um, you know, Daniel's celebrating uh, the the finally proposing to Julia, um, their engagement, uh, just a lot of celebration and, and just good fellowship of, of our core group um, and just uh, just good times and, and having fun. Party Jesus fun. There's a lot to celebrate because you guys broke the walls down in more ways than one this season with the way you guys performed. Two wins, but uh, one coming at uh, Coda, the other one coming at Talladega, and then the most top fives and top tens of any other driver out there. Your first year in the playoffs, you go to the championship four. Nothing to be ashamed of at all without without coming up with the title. Uh, how do you retake this for next year? I think that's going to be maybe the most challenging thing we've ever done, right? We we thought 2022 was challenging, but it was our arrival. And now staying here could be the, the biggest challenge we've all ever faced. And I wouldn't want to be doing it with anybody else. Um, we've, we've got all the tools, and, and we've done it. We know we can compete, and uh, now we just go do it. I know a lot of people in my comment section on YouTube will be very happy to see you do that once again. So hopefully uh, the best see you next year. Yeah, thanks. Ross, we're here in Music City. Uh, which is essentially kind of the second hometown for Trackhouse, of course, with Justin Marks being from here. What does it mean to be back here in town and, and a lot of your sponsors here as well, in Rocks Cafe, Tootsie's, and all those right here in Nashville? Yeah, it's it's big. It's uh, it's it's really nice. Um, a lot of good fellowship, a lot of good celebrations, and it's a good time, good town to celebrate, and a good time for us. This is our downtime for for the season, and um, we just got our core group here and uh, enjoying it. 2022 is really a breakout season for your team. How do you keep it up in 2023? That could be the biggest challenge we've all ever faced. I think that um, it was our arrival this year to accomplish what we did. But now, moving forward, um, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. This, that's one of the hard part about sports is it's very cyclical. And NASCAR, for sure, pun intended, is a circle. And uh, staying at the top of that circle and not, you know, rotating yourself down too quickly um, it's going to be it's going to be challenging, but um, we're getting into the holidays. I'm sure there's going to be some Christmas cards listed. Sure, not on. Um, do you think you start with a clean slate heading into the Clash in 2023? You think some of those drivers have a memory they're not going to forget? That's a question for them to decide. Not not sure. Thank you for your time. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, coming up on the hour here, but um, good show tonight. Uh, we'll have Derek Thorne audio done here shortly, and uh, looking forward to uh, next week. You know, we got a lot of great guests planned, and uh, looking forward to uh, to do having them on. Get ready for our final show, Kyle. So uh, we got full full schedule for next week. Uh, a lot of people to get on. We'd like to get on a couple more tonight, but it just Schedule and made it hard. Kyle, you're closing thought real quick. Rowdy, the USAC schedules are out. World Outlaws, All-Star Circuit of Champions, all their 2023 schedules are out. And uh, looking forward to getting back to the PA dirt once March hits. I appreciate everybody, especially Derek calling in, Justin for calling in yesterday. Uh, Kyle, you what you do. Man, it's made the season great. Here we are at the very end. That light is shining bright, Kyle. Thanks, Rowdy. Looking for great things next year. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.